share something that I believe will be very uh, pivotal in your life. I've been sharing on Young and Ready. So, in the first episode of that um, uh, message, I shared on Young and Ready for War. Young and Ready for the service of God. I talked about God using you. And actually, Young and Ready is all about God using you. The first one was Young and Ready for War. The second one, the second week, I talked on young and ready for intercession. And I talked about the people that God wants to use, and I spoke a lot about it. Today, I'm talking about young and ready. This is the part three of that message. I'd like to start off with something very important. When the devil realizes that he's unable to get you not to serve God, there are things he begins to do. There are things that affect your effective service of God. Now, I started this series by saying that God likes young people. God needs young people. God actually loves young people. When you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, go there, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Verse 7 says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt teach them diligently. If God loses grip of young people, the gospel is in, is in trouble. So in every generation, God always has plan for the young people. God always has a plan for the young people. And remember what I, I, when I started sharing, I talked about when God told Moses to start numbering the people and bringing out the people. He told them he should start from age 20. God even has age range. The, 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 the children of God who were able to enter the promised land, he said, those below 20 are the ones who will enter. God has a lot of love for young people because young people, from the very first one I shared, I told you some of the things that young people have that make it, um, uh, you know, that makes God want to have young people. And that's all the things that hinder your effective service and love for God. Go to Exodus chapter 8. I'll start from verse 27. Now, at this time, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he's supposed to bring the people out. Okay? He's supposed to set, bring the people out. So Moses goes and says, leave us. He says, let my people go. He said, that they miss me. So Moses is saying, this is what God said. Let the people go. Not just the people will just go. He said, but the people should go that they may serve me, that they may serve God. Now, see what Pharaoh says over here. For you to know some of the things that the devil will intentionally inflict on you. When you say, when the devil sees that he has lost you and he cannot get you to backslide, then he begins to inflict things like this. He said, we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice the Lord our God and he, as he shall command us. Verse 28. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that ye may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only ye shall not go very far away. He said, okay, I'm going to allow you. 
just that don't go too far. I'm not surprised how some people can like, this God, God thing, you are, you are taking it too far. Every day you are going for prayer. Every day you are going for this. Every time there's a meeting. Every time. It's a church day, Sunday to Sunday. But Monday you have cell meeting. Tuesday, prayer meeting. Wednesday, midweek. Thursday, fellowship meeting. Friday, all night. Saturday, cell meeting and follow up. Rehearsals. Why you are going too far? You are going too far. Yesterday, a young lady sent me a message and said, because I told her, I said yesterday, because I had a meeting there, I was, I was teaching from 11 to 4. Now, in the evening, I was telling a young lady, okay, so this is what I was, she was asking, how was your day? I said, oh, this is what I was doing in my day. And I said, okay. Then she said, wow, you really love God. Do you know that I don't see it as anything? Like, I mean, who would do it? And it's not because I'm a pastor. Right from when I was a cell leader, I was, I was a brother in church. I was, I, was, I was like that. I've been like that. And I'll be like that. I don't even see. Imagine, imagine you know, when we talk about love. Imagine you sitting with uh, your girlfriend and tell her that, you know, I'm really sacrificing by loving you. You know what I'm saying? You can't even call it a sacrifice. You're really lucky. Like I'll marry you. You're very, very lucky. You understand? Everything, every uh, move you make for that person, you, you, you actually enjoy it. See? You, you are so in love, you begin to enjoy your sacrifices. If she says, oh, you are doing too much, oh, no, don't worry, baby. Don't worry, baby. It's my duty to love you. You get it? He said, only don't go. Sometimes the devil can, okay, okay, you want to serve God, okay, fine. Just don't go too far. Go bring people to come and advise you. I remember when I made my first $10,000. As a young man, different people were saying different things. Some said, wow, you have money to start your life. <laughs> they said, oh, this one, yeah, you, you can start. Then people were first $10,000. One guy called me to the side. said, let me advise you. Because they knew me as a giver in church. Oh, let me advise you. Listen, put this over there and put this over here and put that over there. And put this over here. Then you see, when you start something and small money is coming, you know, the side money that comes, you will now give it to God. As he was talking, I was just looking at him. You are taking it too far. This giving, giving. Do you know how many people spoke, spoke against our giving? Different people spoke against it. You are doing this thing too much. Do something with your life for yourself. So don't go too far. Sunday to Sunday is enough. Sunday to Sunday is enough. Every day for yourself. Sunday to Sunday, two hours is for God. Only don't go too far. So I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But I'm not going too far. Young and ready. You see, there's no other time than to go too far for God. Because there will be a time you cannot. Is it when you have now given birth to three children? It will now become impossible for you to make, you know, deposits of service of or sacrifice for God. That should speak for you in the future. Every man of God I've met, when I ask them questions, you know things they say? They say things like, my mother was in a village and she was serving God and a prophecy came to her that she would have me. You see, so you see, God calling those men of God is not because of them. It's because of a certain track record. So there are track records that speak for our generations in the future. When someone is talking to you that serve God, be with God and all that, it's not mostly 
a lot of the time it's not just about you. It's about, it's about a blessed generation. Because if curses can be passed on, blessings can be passed on. Likewise, I have also seen men who, who, who you know, bad and destroy people's lives. What their children become is, 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 is amazing. What their children become. Except those children find God on their way. They are on auto-destructive mode. I'm telling you the truth. You know, I like to probe into things a lot. I don't just accept anything. So when you ever see me maybe on an argument with an atheist or, or, or somebody, when you see me on an argument with them, eh, I don't just say things like, receive Jesus in your heart. No, 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 no. We will go academia, I will leave Bible. I probe into things a lot. So I have researched things. Research things. He said, only don't go far. Only don't go far. You can start off, you can do something for God, you can serve God, but don't go far. You know, we served God for nothing. We wanted nothing in return. And some of us, the, the issue was that we didn't even know there was something in return. That's the thing. It's like God has set some battery in us that was making us think in a certain direction. I couldn't, couldn't understand. Only don't go far. That's point number one. Number two, Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. Now, Pharaoh's servants, after one or two plagues, Pharaoh's servants then is like, allow this Moses guy to go. They were telling Pharaoh, please, allow this guy. Today is bringing locusts. Tomorrow is bringing flies. Tomorrow the place is dark. Please, allow this guy to go. Allow them to go. Then, so you see what happened. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, how long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? Second one, the first one is don't go far too. Don't go with anybody. No, 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 don't carry your neighbor to church. If you go, go alone. Your family members, don't carry them to church. Don't take it upon yourself to carry them to church. Guys, listen. Men have walked on this face of this earth. Have you ever heard of Emperor Nero? Have you heard of Alexander the Great? He conquered the world so much that Alexander the Great said that he was going to the another planet to go and conquer because he had finished everything. <laughs> These men have nothing to their name today on this earth. Not one property to their name today. I usually use, I usually use this, um, this man, the rich young ruler. I talked about the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus. I mean, th- think about it. A rich, young ruler. That's the, the, the quest of every young man. Rich, young, with authority. We tell people, hey, go here. You, know, you understand? M- mostly it is old men who have that kind of authority. But it's just a few young men who have it. Rich, young. That means healthy. You know, he, 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 you understand? He can enjoy his money. Because sometimes you get some $3 million at age 70. It's not really... You can't... Doctor is telling you, don't eat pork, don't eat that. <laughs> but I, I can eat pork now. You understand? If you have money, you just go and start a pork joint. They, they, give, they give pork. You should add what drink? Apple juice. I take it with, you know, I don't see what I take it with. The, 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 the doctor's yells that say, I say no. I take it with Coke. You know, I put the, oh no, please, for, for the sake of your health, don't worry, we'll stop. <laughs> you see, so, rich, young enough to enjoy 
his wealth, then he was a ruler. That means he had authority. He had authority. A rich young ruler. The guy is rich, he's young, and he had authority. Then this man carried all these three qualities and took them to Jesus, who probably didn't have half of what the man probably had. To show you that sometimes, you know, as a pastor, I have seen things. Hey, God, one day I was, with my, I was with my friend's house for about a week at Trasaco. You know Trasaco? You know the people who live at Trasaco? When the neighbor of my friend, because my friend, I pray very quietly. If I'm in a house, I can pray three days. You never know I'm there. If you ever pray with me, you know what I'm talking about. You never know I'm praying. I'm just there. And I put my face on the floor like that. I can be there praying for hours and hours. You never know. But my friend, he doesn't pray like that. He's a, I'll be praying, praying, praying in the area. So when his neighbor, who's a woman, realized that the guy there is a prayer mantis, <laughs> he now went to him. Listen, listen, if you hear problems, you will be shocked. Someone said, it's better to cry in a Range Rover. Listen, you don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> you don't know what you are talking about. There are some problems, and eh? they are rich men problems. <laughs> eh, the, 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 the woman came and said, ah, pastor, pastor, I've not been to church for five years. My husband bought this house for me, and this is, this, this. listen, pastor, I want to tell you about certain things. So my friend called me, let's sit down, let's listen to the problem. Listen, I was now tired. Problems. We were listing problems and listing problems. I'm not saying go and be poor. You have to be rich. But I'm trying to say, it doesn't stop problems. You see. But who are they that shall go? Rich young ruler goes to Jesus and tells Jesus, um, what will I do that I may gain eternal life? Jesus said, go and obey the law. He said, this I've obeyed from my youth. And that is true. Because among the, the Jews, if you obey the law from head to toe, you will be rich. God told them in Deuteronomy 28. He said, if you obey the commands that I have given you, he said, if you obey everything that I have said unto you, he said, blessed shall thou be in the city. Blessed shall thou be in the field. So true, the guy had obeyed everything. Jesus Christ said, one thing that you don't have, one thing that thou lackest, what did he tell him to do? He said, you rich young ruler, go and sell everything that you have and go and give it to the poor and come and follow me. Bible says the man was offended. The man was offended. The man was offended. Okay, now, Take these two people now. Rich young ruler who didn't follow Jesus because he couldn't let go of the possessions he had. And take a look at um, Simon Peter who let go of everything he had. He told Jesus, he said, Master, we have left all and followed thee. Take a look at these two people. One could not let go of the possessions. The possessions that he could not let go of. He didn't know 2,000 years time there will not be a stone that will have his name. Not one. Not one. But today, I mean, uh, during, during the, the miracle services, I, I, I shared on how Bible says in Acts chapter 5, the shadow of Peter began to heal the sick. Fisherman who, back then, five years ago, he was a fisherman who was shouting, like, ah, 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 pull it, pull it, pull it. Three years internship with Jesus. After Jesus did, left, he was doing national service. His shadow was now healing the sick. Who ever thought that a fisherman's shadow can heal the sick? All he had to do was to leave everything and follow Jesus. I told before, I said, when you leave everything and follow God and follow Jesus, what you get in return is not necessarily money, even though money will come. What comes to you is an ability that money cannot buy. No man taketh this honor upon himself, except him who is called of God as 
Aaron was. He said, no man take this honor upon himself. It's an honor God gives you. There are some of you, after coming to church one year, two years, when they are going to have anything, any serious meeting in their house, in the family, and it involves God, they have to call you. As small as you are. They have to call you. Just one year of following God. You also, you are, you, you also speak a word and it comes to pass. Just one year of following God. What will happen if you follow God for 10 years? He said only that nobody should go with you. So, it's one of the things that the devil will do. You know, you, you, you don't want to offend your friends, but you believe in Jesus. But your friends are always talking against church, are always talking against pastors. So you always think that pastors are doing one thing or the other. Pastors are taking, you know, this week I had a very interesting time. A very, very interesting time. And every time you use their age to know that these people are not thinking. A young man who was telling me, you know, pastors are taking the money of poor people. Who told you the people sitting here are poor? I don't know which church you attend. Those who came in poor, give them some time. It starts working. It starts working. We give the poor what to eat. No, let me tell you something. We give the poor what to eat. When, when we, we, we help the poor. Anybody who knows me very well knows that anytime I go anywhere and I see anybody begging, I want to give the person money. Except I don't have the... So it's, and I assist people all the time. So it's not like I don't believe in helping the poor. But I know what to bring the poor out of poverty is not giving them money. Now, which rich man who has worked for hard-earned money will give a, a big amount of his money to a poor person? Don't do it. Because the squander, give them one year, they'll come back to where they were before. So why will I work so hard and give it? The, what a, a good rich man will do is he'll give you a loan. Go and work. When you work and you, you squander the money, the next time you come, I'm not giving you again. If you want to eat, I can give you food to eat. But that I will give you money, a big amount of my money, to make you a rich man. That's not what makes people rich. Jesus Christ said, in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has sent me to preach to the poor. He didn't say I have sent him to give money to the poor. Because there's a message that brings the poor out of poverty. Last time we went to um, an orphanage, not an orphanage, an area to go and share during Christmas. We went to share rice during Christmas to, so that they can also enjoy the Christmas. We went to, this, this year too, we did it, but we did it in fellowship. So we did it in so many places. We went to one area like that. The people were so excited. They were so excited. Wow. Next year, your bomb pai mama said, next year, mba samba biyum. So they're not planning to leave their place, oh. You understand? They're not planning to leave. It's not part of their plans. And think about another thing. How much that some of these people who live in some of these cures and things, they actually have more children than those who are living in machines. So what plan, what plan do you think they have to come out of the place? They have no plan to come out of the place. Someone said, oh, it's because they don't have TV, so the only entertainment they have. <laughs> the, the only entertainment they have. <laughs> Touch me here. Touch me there. No, think about it. You can solve them. No plan for the children, no plan for their children. Yet you, you, you are struggling to have what to eat. So when I truly want to assist somebody, what I do is I make the people subscribe to teaching. They should understand what capital is. You don't prayerfully eat your capital. Father, in the name of Jesus, as I eat food, buy your capital. You teach them hard work. You teach them diligence. A lot of poor people are not diligent. You enter their house, you will know. When you know a man who is going somewhere, even in the days that he has nothing, you will know. You go into his house, everything is arranged. You understand? He is rehearsing for being rich. 
you go there, even though he has nothing, you can see that he has a desk and a chair. He's reading some books. He's planning to come out of that particular predicament. When I see a man who will come out of that predicament, I know. When I see such people, I don't feel it. There's a message that brings. Bible says that there were 400 men who came to David. Bible says those 400 men, Bible says when they came to David, they were in debt, they were distressed, and they were discontented. 400 men. Imagine that, you know, you are David, you already, Saul is looking for you to kill you. Then 400 men decide to come and join you. At least you should be expecting some of the army generals in, in Israel to come and join so you know that you are safe. 400 men who were in debt, who were discontented, who were distressed. Those were 400 men who came to David. And the Bible says that when they came to David, they followed David's teachings. They followed David. David taught them how to lie on the floor and pray. David taught them how to play on a harp. When you are distressed. David taught them many things. He taught them about anointing. One day David taught them about authority. He taught them how not to touch the anointed of God. Because David had the opportunity to kill the one who wanted to kill him. So David got there and he told one of that. Then one of David's mighty men who has been following David. And all they have been doing all this while is they have been running away from Saul. Imagine you are following a guy and the guy is running away. Think about it. I mean, you will all be happy to follow a guy who's ready to say, I will face Saul. All of you say, yeah, yes, we will face Saul. But you, you are following a guy who says that Saul is coming. Then everybody's running. And they keep following the guy. And these guys have been taught by David how to handle the, 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 the spear. Have been taught by David how to handle the sword. So one of them told David, he said, David, right now Saul is asleep over here. He said, give me the chance. This is what the guy said. He said, give me the chance. I'm not striking twice. <laughs> he said, it is not twice. One touch, his head will be off. He said, David, try me. Because we've been running away for years from this guy. I have the opportunity. Then he says, he said, I will not strike him twice. Then David said, okay, tear a part of his skirt. He tore it. Then he told him, he said, we cannot touch Saul even though God has departed from him. He said, why? Because no man can touch the lost anointed and be guiltless. He taught them. He taught them. So the guys were not happy. They were frowning. And they went to start to stand on the Then David called Saul. Said, Saul, have you seen a part of your skirt is here? I had the opportunity to kill you. But I didn't do it. Then Saul said, oh David, I'm sorry. David, come and say, no. I'm walking in wisdom, but I respect the authority God gave you. You're still the king. Even though someone came to anoint me in my house. He taught them. He taught them about the anointing. He taught them about the house of God. He taught them that surely... I shall dwell in the house of God forever and ever. He taught them. He taught them these things. When a man subscribes to the ways of God, God makes him. God makes him. So remember the second point. Go and serve God, but (laughs) who will go with you? And Moses said, we will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our heads. We will go for, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go. And your little ones, look to, look to it, for evil is before you. Now, you might not get the King James very well. Alright, Pharaoh retorted. That's when Moses spoke. Pharaoh retorted, said, the Lord will certainly need to be with you. If I let you go, take your little ones. I can see through your evil plan. Never, only the men may go and worship the Lord. Since that is what you requested. And Pharaoh threw them out of the palace. What does it mean? Pharaoh said, only the men should go with you. Leave the little ones. Leave the young people. Only the men should go with you. Women should not. The women should not serve God. They should cook. The little ones should not serve God. There should be no posterity for God. 
The young ladies should not serve God. They should waste their life. The young one. Is that only they let the men go? And you know what, what that meant? You know what that meant? Let me explain what that meant. In those days, the, 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 the greatness of a country was sometimes in their numbers. And for them to have numbers, they have to give birth. So if he says, let only the men go, what's he trying to say? You won't have children again. So I know that even if I let you go, when all of you die, everything God wants to do is dead. This is how God carries things from generation to generation. What he was trying to do was, he was trying to stifle their productivity. They should not increase. He was trying to stifle their productivity. He said, he was saying that the cell should not increase. The cell should not increase. The church should not increase. People should not come. But thanks be to God. He has given us the grace to increase. To increase and we will keep increasing. We will keep increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. We used to have one service. Then we moved to two services. The place could not take us. Then we have to break into three services. Everywhere we go, we have overflow. We have people coming. And, and we, we don't put our adverts on TV, no radio, nothing. And that's what beats people's minds. How? 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 We don't print flyer. We don't. The testimonies keep bringing people. And we don't fake any testimony. It happens there and then. So you can't say that we went to talk to somebody. Anyway. It happens there and then. Okay, what will you say about a, a guy? He was, he was mentally not sound before he came for the service. When he came, do we ask him questions? He said yes. They had to hold him for him to walk. He started running in the service. If you doubt if he's mental or not, when they bring them, when they start bringing them, go and see them and talk to them. <laughs> Only let nobody go with you. Third one, which is where I, I really want to hit today. Exodus chapter 10, verse 24. Okay, let's start from 23. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Now, after another plague, Pharaoh decides to let them go. See what he says. He says, And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your heads be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. At this point in time, he's saying, Okay, you will be, you go. Because you have brought another place. Okay, now let your young people go with you. But one thing I don't want you to go with is I want you to serve God without any cost. Don't give anything. Because in those times, their flocks and their heads represented their prosperity and the work they did. Serve God. <laughs> Just don't give anything to God. Don't give tithes because the pastor is using your tithes. Sometimes when people say those things, they are very funny. People say those things. I wonder where, 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 where they have been. We are the ones who are rather putting our money into the work of God. I'm the biggest giver in this church. Because I understand. And I didn't start giving today. Right from when I... You see, one thing. One, you know what um, the Lord said in, 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 um, in the book of Isaiah? He said, if ye be willing and obedient... He shall eat the good of the land. When we came to the household, when we came to church, you know, when we became brothers in church, we started going to church. One of the things that started happening was that we believed everything that we were told. Pay your tithe. Now, I don't have any reason to doubt because when I came to church, I had nothing. You know, if you came to church with something, you can say, hey, they want to take my son. No, I didn't come with anything. I was giving, my tithe was one CD, my, my giving was one, offering was one CD or less. That's, that's, I came to church with nothing. And I was taught the principles of walking in the kingdom. He said, you have to pay your tithe. A young man said something one day. 
He said, ever since I stopped paying my tithe, listen, he said, ever since I stopped paying my tithe, I've been seeing a lot of prosperity. Good. Good thing you are saying. Let me say something. You know when you were a child and you steal and they don't catch you, it means God doesn't like you. If they catch you, God likes you. You think the devil is, is mad? That, listen, you think the devil is not smart? That you have stopped giving your tithe. Understand that he's called <laughs> the God of the world systems. He actually controls a part of the wealth that goes on in the world and its allocation. If you stop giving your tithe and he wants to convince you that yes, tithe is wrong, he will keep prospering you. The thing about the devil is he will allow you to go one day. He will just leave. I have seen with my eyes how rich men have become paupers overnight. So if ever you give tithe and something happens to your account, just know that God is clapping and God is in love with you. Only let your flocks, listen, let your head, your business, everything stay. Stay over here. Don't give anything to God. Don't give your tithe. Don't give your offering. Don't partner with the work of God. Anything that is going on with the work of God, don't do anything about it. Just stay over there. I asked a young man, I said, so how would you explain people who came to church with nothing and we started sharing the word of God with them, started teaching them tithes and offerings and they started prospering. I told him, I asked him, so how would you explain that? And I said, not one of them, not two. They are not one, they are not two. People that they came to church and, and by the word of God, I began to give words of prophecy. That started turning the families around. Okay, look at this testimony. It happened after Super Sunday. A young lady came with her sister. The sister doesn't speak in tongues, was not speaking in tongues, was not nothing. I mean, she got married recently. Now, they are, her, that's her brother-in-law, that's the sister's husband, all right, was robbed, all right. Um, Amrobes took everything, took the car, took everything, all right. Now, so, they were very distressed when they came to see me after Super Sunday. After service, they came to see me. And I came to them, I said, okay. I told them, I said, we're going to find the car. Amrobes taking your car, you're going to find the car. I said, we are going to find the car. And I said, so go and do this. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, go and do this and that and that. So I told them what to do. By Wednesday evening, the husband was driving somewhere and saw the car. When he saw the car, he immediately called police. Tracked the car. Stopped the car. They have their car back. Is that a coincidence? What do you mean by that? Cannot be a coincidence. I told them what exactly to do. I said, we'll find the car. (laughs) Only let the flocks go with you. Let me tell you something. Paul said, he said, not that I desire gifts, but that I desire that um, grace will abound to your account. We are the ones to build God's house. Are you listening? We are the ones to build God's house. We are the ones to do God's work. And if we decide not to do it, God will raise people to do it. Let's go to Haggai. I want to show you something. Haggai chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There are, there are more testimonies of Super Sunday I should share with you. It were, um, they were mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I'll start from verse 2. Okay, chapter 1, verse 2. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come. The time, have, uh, the time that the Lord's house will be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye, are, ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe, but there is none warm you, uh, uh, none warm. He said, 
And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put in a bag with holes. Doesn't look like a lot of people we know, because I'm not part. I was, I'll continue. I want to share something. I was going to wait on the Lord at Kumasi to go and pray fast at Kumasi one time. So I picked a car. Now, when I got to a, when I got to a sending place, I met a guy. So he was like, um, he was like a, a, a taxi driver, all right? But his taxi was really nice. So I was sitting in it. So he was taking me to the place. So we're going. I was on a conversation with somebody about waiting on the Lord. As he said, waiting on the Lord doesn't mean going to a place to go in. And I was just laughing. And I was just trying to explain. So the guy actually speaks very good English. So I asked him, you're a Christian, right? He said, yes. And I said, okay. So um, you wait on the Lord. He said, he said any time in his life things are not going on well, he goes to find a place to put off his phone one or two days. By the time he comes back, things start changing. So we had a very good conversation. Then we started talking about tithe in the midst of the he said in his office, he said he's one of the people who earns the least. Yet all the people who are his superiors, who earn more than him, are all in debt. He said he has three cars. This is his third car. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. There's a mystery about tithing. Sometimes when you have the money and say, oh, I don't have enough, so I can't tithe. But there's a mystery. Once you tithe, you realize that it becomes enough. Some way, somehow. I don't know how to explain it. See what he says over here. He said, ye have so much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe, ye clothe you, but there is no warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put in, the, put in a bag with holes. Verse 7. He said, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. It doesn't, it's not only, it's not a question of, of whether it's my church or not. When I go anywhere, I'll share a testimony of a, a very, a very rich person in this country. I just don't mention the name. A very rich person. They're actually a couple. And they give in millions of dollars. They give to God in millions of dollars. Now, let me share that quickly. I sat down in a meeting with her and I was asking her, he said, I was asking her, I said, how did you put a mass, like, get, become this rich? I don't mention the company. How did you become, people become this rich? So I was asking, she said, she laughed. And I asked, okay, so how did you meet your husband? Because I understand that they met in university. Now, he said, my husband had the brains. And I had the managerial ability. Like I can manage his things. He's very slow, but he has a lot of technical brain. So he said, okay, so we started a company. He said, and when we started a company, we made a vow to God that we will sponsor the work of God. When we get to any church and maybe they are, they are building and they cannot build, maybe they need roof, we will buy it. And when they started and started believing that they can do this, they didn't have much and they started doing it. They started doing it. They get to, she, she told me, she said, we have roofed over 30 churches in this country. Do you have friends who encourage you to do the things of God? Who encourage you? How many of you, you were ever blessed by any preaching of any preacher on TV? God spoke to you through that preaching. Let me see your hand. Do you know how much it costs to put a preacher on TV? So you see that a lot of preachers, after preaching, say, you can donate to this. You understand? It's, it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. But you see, all the Christians have folded their arms. And their pastors are begging on TV. One day, when I saw one of those preachers, and you can see it's a genuine heart. Because it costs a lot of money to put anything on TV. When you get to a, a TV station and say, I want to put... Um, Pastor on TV, my pastor on TV, or I want to put myself on TV. The moment you say that, 
They will go and bring the same rate card that they give to every other company that is making money. They will go and bring the same rate card. You look at it. Can you pay? You pay. You cannot pay? You go home. Doesn't, your Jesus and the mention of the, in the name of Jesus doesn't do anything over there. I want you to say to yourself, I'll be part of the vision of this gospel. No, tell yourself, I'll be part of the propagation of this gospel. When Jesus told the disciples that he shall go to all the world and preach the gospel, when he told them that they should go to all the world, he didn't mention that they would take plane tickets. But plane tickets was in it. Now, all the world, do we go with this one? <laughs> we'll jog. <laughs> you know, I decided long ago that I'm never going to beg any member for anything. Right from when I was a fellowship leader, cell leader. So I made up my mind that every principle in the word of God that governs prosperity, I followed it. I never played with my tithes. I never played with my offerings. Anything God asked me to give, I give it. Now, when I told you that I, I made my first $10,000, you know what God? God took all that money from me. God took that money from me. Because before I got that $10,000, I had pledged in church. I forgot. I had pledged in church. They said that if you, if you give what you have never given before, then I took... <laughs> I didn't have the money. I just took a paper and I wrote $5,000. I didn't have anything close to that. I wrote $5,000. I said, God, I'm going to give it to you. God had heard me. So I went to put it. Pledge card. I didn't pledge. No one will chase you. So I just put my verse. Two months later, I made the $10,000. So I said, God, Father, I thank you. So I don't know what to do. I said, let me ask God what to do with this money. God, it was my first time. I got the money. As I said, Father, no, Jesus, you are telling me what to do with this money. Hey, Father, I tell you. He said, play my pledge first. 5000 Then I now remember the pledge two months ago. $5,000. Now I tried to brush off the thought. Said, okay, God, let me use it to do business. When the money comes out, God said, give me my money. <laughs> I was sweating. I was sweating. I was sweating. Now, remember that I'll give my tithe of $1,000. So 6000 Yeah, I'm going to. When I was taking that money, look, my intestines... You know, when you don't have the money, you don't, you don't know what it means. Some of you don't get it. Some of you will be saying, oh, if I get it, I'm just going to give it. You don't know what it means if it's not your hand. You don't know. When it is in that this one, it was crazy notes. Hundred, hundred, hundred dollar. Kai! I'm going to put this thousand. That is the point. A lot of people say, all this church is safe. I'll serve God in my house. They should tell us what they are doing with the money because of what this thousand dollars. Ah. A, a, a guy went to give tithe in his church. He said, Pastor, I'm giving this tithe. I want you to use it to fix fans in this church. You are giving your tithe. You are telling them what to use. Then go and fix the fans in your house. So I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. The voice of give your tithe, give the 5,000 didn't go. So I carried everything. I went to give it. The mystery of this obedience is that it is not like you are hearing a voice. Because it, maybe it will be easier when you hear, my son, give me $6,000 now. It's easy. I think it will be easier. This one is your heart, your conscience. You cannot sleep. When you remember the money, your heart is beating. You can never chop that money successfully. Now, I was left with $4,000. Looks like that is also good. God now asked me to organize a program. The honorarium I gave to the minister I invited from Lagos. $3,000. So everybody who thought I had money to start my life, you were all disappointed because my suit did not change. My shirts did not change. Nothing changed. Looks, nothing looked like anything has changed in my life. 
I've shared this testimony here before. Let me just land it one more time. Two months, the fire and flood that happened at Circle. Do you remember? My parents' house was just behind. I was in church that day. Because of the flood, it came right to the Aveno side. So I could not go home. So most of us who were in church that day had to stay in church. So nobody went home. Now, when we closed and everything had died down, we didn't know. Most of us, our phones were off. We didn't know what was going on at that side. So we came out. This is 2015. I came out. We had to walk because no car was in sight because of the flood. We walked. Walked. We used Tobinko. We walked. When we were getting close, we saw smoke, 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 smoke. People gathered at Odorai side. Because that's the first When I got there, I asked, what's going on? They said, fire. Fire has killed a lot of people. The, the place blasted and people have died at that side. You know? So, yeah, they were exaggerating. And it was ladies too, so you know that the exaggeration was massive. You know, when you ask men for things, they give you short, short answers. And, you know, people have died. You know, and the, woman, the woman said, hey. <laughs> All over the side. You know, and I knew my parents lived there. They were there, my mom, my dad, just behind that filling station, just behind. I mean, it's just behind. If you decide to walk from the filling station to their house, maybe you take about just 30 steps, just behind. So when they told me, that all the side. And I said, are any of the houses okay? He said, no. Oh. You know what? Sorrow, fear, everything just gripped me. You know what I did? I just sat on the floor. And the place was wet. But I couldn't. You understand know what I'm talking about? You won't even think. I just sat on the floor. I sat on the floor. Now, they began to console me. The women. Oh, kusewai. Oh, kusewai. Oh, kuse. Oh, oh. Oh, hey, Then they start calling their, their friends. Oh, aqua way, you say, Papa, if you Oh, 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 they started consoling me. And you know, that's worse. Because I've not confirmed, at least leave me to confirm. They've not confirmed, they have started consoling me. So I now started imagining, is everybody dead? Had they all bent? While I sat on the floor, while I sat on the floor, the Lord said to me, he said, the $5,000 you give. Yeah. He says, ransom your family. Immediately. I stood up. I started walking. Now, mind you, I walked on dead bodies to get home. It was that brutal. It was that bad. Now, when I got there, all the houses close to our house, at that, all the houses were bent. When they narrate the story, you will cry. The fire came because they had to go upstairs because of the flood. They were all upstairs. The fire came close. Down the house. Went to burn other houses. They said it came back. Jammed the house. Back to the finish station. My junior brother said he was in the house that day. He said that day. He said that day. Because people joined upstairs in, in our house. People joined them upstairs. People who were living downstairs joined them upstairs. And my dad is a pastor. They said they held uh, my dad. Pastor! Pastor! Pray. Because they saw the fire come. You know, it's one thing to die all of a sudden, and it's another thing that you are seeing it. And they saw the fire. You know, some people tried to swim through the flood. But because there was petrol on the, on, on, the, on the flood, it was burning them. So they saw people dying like that. So for them to see that this thing is also coming to happen to me here. I went there. I asked. I walked on dead bodies to get home. When I got there, I asked, 
what happened? He said, oh, your whole family, after everything went down, they've been moved to this particular site. So I went there. And I saw them, I said, God, how great thou art. I knew people in that area who died. Many of them died. Right after that incident, I moved all of them from that because the trauma. And I thought to myself, what if I didn't give this money God asked me to give? God always prepares us against the evil day. Bible says a man's gift is a ransom for his life. He said, Pharaoh, say go. Just let your friends stay. Lift your hands and pray. Now I want to I want to I want to read a scripture to you. Then we will pray. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Second Corinthians chapter eight. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit. Well, entire King James says wit. Just know that it's witness. We do you to witness of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. To their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and also unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as he abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I want you to take this to, um, give me the NLT, either the NLT or the NIV. The key names is just interesting. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they did not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gifts for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have actors who encourage your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, some of you excel in faith. He said, your gifted speakers, that some of you know how to talk. He said, your knowledge, some of you know a lot of things. Your enthusiasm, some of you are very zealous. He said, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious giving. King James says, I want you to excel in this grace of giving. Giving in the house of God is a grace. Because you see, I have pastored for some time, I've led God's people for some time. Most of the time, it is not those who have the money who give. Most of the time, it is those who have the grace of giving. There are people like that. They have the grace of giving. Even when it's not around them, they are able to put their mind to it and God makes grace available to them and you find them giving. Sometimes people see big men in churches and you think they are the givers. No, no, no. The people who are actually the givers are people you don't expect because God does not run his kingdom with big men. He runs his kingdom with big hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Now, 
the reason why I ask you to lift your hand and please, I want you to pray, Lord, grant me this grace of giving. I have this grace of giving. Talk to the Lord. Lord, when you need anybody to make a giving, Lord, I'm available. Thank you, Jesus. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want to be relevant in your house, not only in soul winning, I want to be relevant also in the in, in the act of giving, in the grace of giving. In the grace of giving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Behold, you have come over the hills and upon the mountains. Maybe you have run, my beloved. You captured my heart To you I will run To you I will go You are my faith one In the And Listen, it was in a service like this many years ago that I sat and I said, you know, before, when I was younger, I didn't think of, of these things. Anytime pastor will be sharing, you will prosper. I'll be like, no, I just want to preach the gospel. Because I had a lot of zeal for soul winning. I just want to preach the gospel. I didn't know that it's the same thing he was talking about. So it was in a service like this as he was praying, he was saying, talk to the Lord. God sees your heart. You see, I said God does not run his kingdom with big men. He runs with big hearts. As you're praying like this, as you, you pray in tongues, you tell, Lord, I want to be relevant to your house. The Bible says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. you know, it's not about what you have. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. There are people, God always finds way of keeping money available to them because they are givers. Be your lover. 